You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Hey, church family. Happy Monday. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast today. I am thrilled to have you. So if you were able to worship with us yesterday in the sanctuary or on the live stream, you know that we talked about prayer. And the idea is that as a church family, if we're going to engage God's mission in this brave new era, if we're going to reach our culture, we're probably going to have to learn to do things that we've never thought of before. Some of our uh, favorite or most comfortable systems aren't going to cut it. We'll have Sunday school again one day, but we've got to do something even bigger than that or beyond that. We've got to follow the Holy Spirit on a thousand adventures in the next few years to watch what God wants to do to empower our church family, really to make a dent in the Pine Belt. So I'm excited about that. I really hope that you are too. And our first step this week is prayer. We decided in the month of August that as a church, we need to talk about things that will help us be a healthier church family. And the first thing the Lord's given us to focus on is prayer. Last week's podcast episodes were mostly about prayer. So we've already talked about praying the scripture, using the Lord's Prayer as a model, and we've talked about prayer a good bit, but what I want to emphasize today is what I think would be the starting point for your prayer life. So if you were in church yesterday and you said, okay, I don't have a prayer life, but I'm ready to start, where would I start? I think if I opened a school on prayer, which is laughable because I don't think that I am the prayer warrior that I want to be, but if I opened a school on prayer tomorrow, I think the very first thing that I would encourage people to do is simply to learn to sit and be still and be quiet. In other words, I don't think that what you say in the beginning of your prayers is the most important thing. I don't think the organization or the list that you use is the most important thing. I do think the Lord's Prayer, following the Lord's Prayer as a guide, I think is a phenomenal, phenomenal step to take you deeper in your prayer life. I've heard tons of other acrostics that people have taught about prayer, you know, so that you would, you know, offer your adoration and then your request and then your intercession. And but you know, honestly, I, I think that learning the next system of organizing your prayers or praying the prayer of Jabez or whatever tools you want to use, I think all those things would come a bit later. The first step that I would offer anybody in learning to develop a prayer life would be just to sit and to be quiet in the presence of God. In other words, I really don't think it's about the words. I think prayer for me is the fundamental point of contact between us and God's Spirit. It's the moment that we are most conscious of what God is doing in us and all around us. I think the words are our guides. I think the words are important. And I know the Bible tells us that sometimes when we don't even know what to pray for, the Holy Spirit intercedes with groanings too deep for words. But what I'm telling you is that, in my opinion, the fundamentally most important part of prayer is being aware of God's presence and enjoying being with Him. So if you've decided to start a new prayer adventure, that you want to become a person of prayer and it started today, I want to encourage you that I think my first instruction would be just pull out a chair and set a timer, five minutes or 10 minutes at a time, even if you have no words, offer no words, and the words really, to me, are not the primary thing. Delight in God's presence. Clear your mind. As cluttered and busy thoughts come into your mind, dismiss them one at a time. 
So what people talk to me about a lot is, Ben, I get so sidetracked and distracted in my prayers. In fact, I had two comments, three comments after the sermon yesterday that I enjoyed. One, I had a friend that texted me and said they're laughing because they suspect that somebody's still looking for the footnotes of Second Hezekiah. Two, when I got home, uh, my son smiled, pulled out a chair and said, Dad, please bless this chair for me. I thought that was a big joke. You had to listen to the sermon yesterday. And three, uh, somebody said, Ben, I get so distracted, like my thoughts wander. All right, well, here's a quick confession. Church family, I am super ADHD. Uh, I mean, <laughs> obviously, I have been my whole life. It is so hard for me to keep my train of thought, and it's a plague even in my prayer life. So if you're like me, and your imagination goes into overdrive, and if you try to steal your mind, it just cranks up and takes advantage of the void, I want to give you a couple of tips. You know, Number one, if you're trying to pray, you can take out a journal to guide your thoughts so that your brain has something to focus on. Or number two, if you're trying to just be aware of God's presence, like I'm instructing you today, well, then when you sit to be still and those distracting thoughts come into your mind, just simply take one thought and in your imagination capture it, offer it to the Lord and dismiss it. And then the next one will come to do the same thing until you have a still and quiet mind and then just delight in the Lord. I want to read John chapter 15. This is the concept for me to abide in Christ. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. I think that John 15 is about more than just prayer, but it certainly includes prayer. Jesus tells us to ask what we wish, which clearly is the language of prayer. But I want you to recognize that the key for fruitfulness in John 15 is that we would abide, rest, remain, dwell in Christ. And I think prayer is the chief moment when we are aware of that, when we allow the Holy Spirit to connect with us as if it was sap throwing, flowing through the wood of a vine into a branch. It's when we commune with God. I loved that Jesus taught us in verse 9, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Remain in my love. And I do think that's a life posture, a decision, an attitude, a worldview, a mindset that we stay in. But I think it should characterize our prayers. So church family, as you begin your journey of praying better, I want to encourage you. It begins for me with learning to abide in Christ. So the next time you pray, slow down, be aware of God's presence, remain in His love, and just enjoy Him. For you, that might look like setting a 10-minute timer for the next week and using very few words in your prayers. But just know that you are dearly loved by God 
And that time of prayer can change you in every form and fashion. So fundamentally, step one, learn to abide in Christ. It's really not all about the words. Church family, I love you. And I look forward to growing with you as we all become people of prayer.